0: I want to share just a really encouraging word with you guys to start off, okay? Really, I saw this on Instagram the other day. Are you guys ready for this? Are you ready? This is the most encouraging word that you'll hear your entire week. If God can make a bug's butt light up, what do you think he can do for you? Oh, some of y'all didn't catch that. If God can make a bug's butt light up, what do you think he can do for you? Come on. I'm done. Just, I'm done. That is, oh man, on that note, let's get started. <laughs> Let me just pray real quick. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this time. Uh, Jesus, we just thank you for being here in the room with us. That God, it is, it is Jesus, it is all about you. It's always been about you that, Jesus, you know exactly where each individual person's at. You know their story. God, you know their history. But, God, you also know their destiny, God. So I pray for a supernatural infusion of hope. And I pray, God, that you lead, in, lead us and, God, us individually. Teach us what we need to hear today so that we can look more like you when we leave. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen guys. Well, I'm excited. I, I'm, I'm really, really excited. Uh, to, to share this message with you tonight and it's going to come from a passage if you have your Bibles in first Samuel 18 it's uh, it, there's a bigger story I'm going to focus in on one part of it it's in first Samuel eighteen it's a story of Saul and David and this is the beginning part of this narrative where where this man Saul who's the king of Israel um, starts to become super jealous uh, jealous of David who's one of his servants and so there's this whole story where Saul asked David to be king of his army. First Samuel 18, 5 through 11 is where we'll be. And so here, here's where we are. It says, whatever Saul asked David to do, David did it successfully. So Saul made him a commander over the men of war, an appointment that was welcomed by the people and Saul's officers alike. When the victorious Israelites' army was returning home after David had killed the Philistine, Women from all the towns of Israel came out to meet King Saul. They sang and danced for joy with tambourines and cymbals. This was their song. Saul has killed his thousands and David his ten thousands. I'm not going to sing that song for you. (laughs) This made Saul very angry. What's this, he said. They credit David with ten thousands and me with only thousands. Next, they'll be making him their king. So, here's the point right now. This is verse 9. This is verse 9, uh, 1 Samuel. First Samuel uh, 18, verse 9. There should be a slide of these verses if you want to throw it up there. Um, it says, so, from that time on, Saul kept a jealous eye on David. So, from that time on, Saul kept a jealous eye on David. The very next day, everyone say the very next day, a tormenting spirit from God overwhelmed Saul and he began to rave in his house like a madman. David was playing the harp as he did each day, but Saul had a spear in his hand and he suddenly hurled it at David, intending him, intending to pin him to the wall, but David escaped him twice. So we have this story where, where, where David goes out, and he, he's the, 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 the commander of the army. He kills all these people, and then the people in the city start to celebrate David, and Saul gets super jealous, and the point that I want to pick up on here is it says, so from that time on, Saul kept a jealous eye on David, and everyone say, the next day, A tormenting spirit from God overwhelms Saul. You see, because here's here's what happened. You see, jealousy opened a door in Saul's life for something to attack him. Everyone say, I am more powerful than the devil. You are. But when you open a door, you give him place in your life. I don't find it coincidence that jealousy came one day, the next day a tormenting spirit comes and he becomes and starts to act different than when he first started to be king. And we live in a a generation that would never uh, claim to be jealous. But I would say a, a high percentage of young people and old people alike live in a constant or very normal state of jealousy. And with the information and technology age coming, to, coming at us like never before, it's coming at us in a way that, that it's never come at previous generations. You see, your parents, they were jealous of their neighbor's car, their brother's house. They were, na- they were jealous of their coworkers' uh, family. They were You see, but now, you see, that only happened when you saw people. Now, all of a sudden, you wake up, you're jealous. You check your Instagram at at lunch, you're jealous. You check your Facebook, you check your Snapchat. And literally, there's a bombardment of jealousy that swirls your mind and makes you feel like you are less than, missing out, and that everything in your world is broken because so-and-so has it better, or so it seems, because of their social media account. So now we're in this constant bombardment of opportunity to become jealous and what we see here is that if we do not recognize what jealousy produces, we can be ignorant to think that all of our problems are because of us when in reality it's because we let the devil in through jealousy. And so many people are misdiagnosing their problems. I'm not, I'm not talking about so many people have anxiety and depression and, and all these emotional and I'm not making light of those, but I'm saying there is a strong correlation I see through the life of Saul with paranoia and jealousy. Emotional instability starts from a place of insecurity where you are insecure about who you are as it relates to the people in the world around us. And this thing, jealousy, is so sneaky. This thing, jealousy, is so hidden. This thing, jealousy, you know, most people would never admit to it, but it is a killer to your destiny, your future, and the life that God has planned for you. And we misdiagnose our problems way too often where we think it's this, that, the other thing. We think it's our boss, we think it's our family, we think it's our upbringing, we think it's what other people are doing to us when in reality there are things that we are responsible for, our heart, that often cause or play a part of how we're doing in our soul. And so I want to just say some things about jealousy here. First point, jealousy is a liar. Jealousy is a liar. James three fourteen through 16 says, but if you are bitterly jealous, or if you are bitterly jealous and there is selfish ambition in your heart, don't cover up the truth with boasting and lying. Did you guys, did you guys catch it? If you're jealous, don't lie about it. Don't cover it up with a lie. Don't cover it up with Instagram filters. Don't cover it up with Instagram stories. Don't cover it up with with all of these things that we try to cover up our insecurities and our jealousy with. Don't cover it up with fashion. Don't cover it up with makeup. Don't cover it up, well, you can start with makeup, but don't cover it up with... You see what I mean? Like we, we, we lie to ourselves because we cover our jealousy to per- portray ourselves as the thing or the, the someone that we're jealous of. We see this in church culture all the time. Come on, guys. You know, you get like these, these worship leaders start wearing a different style. Next thing I go, I come to Access and now everyone's wearing a different outfit. Making a light joke, but it is serious. <laughs> I'm gonna start wearing a headband and see if y'all start wearing headbands. (sighs) Do it? I'm not doing that. But if you are bitterly jealous and there's selfish ambition in your heart, don't cover up the truth with boasting and lying. For jealousy and selfishness are not God's kind of wisdom. Such things are earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. Everyone's jealous, Jake. Yeah, do you know where jealousy originates from? It originates from this man named Lucifer who was up in heaven who saw God's throne. He saw God's power, wisdom, and his influence. And this man, Lucifer, who was in heaven with God, became jealous of God's uh, uh, ability and his power. And he did what he could. He became jealous and tried to, and, and turned. A third of the angels against God. It's the devil. See, jealousy has its roots in the devil. And we in our culture have become so numb to jealousy it becomes a normal part of our lives. Not so with God's wisdom. Such things are earthly, spiritual, and demonic. For wherever there is jealousy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder and every kind of evil. (laughs) Some of you are like, I feel like it would be like with hatred, or I feel like it would be like with racism, or I feel like it would be with like, you know, these other things. But Jesus, God says, God says where there's jealousy and selfish ambition. Everyone say jealousy? Jealousy is a liar. liar. Proverbs 14.30 says, a peaceful heart leads to a healthy body. Jealousy is like cancer to the bones. It is is a cancer that will eat you alive if we do not recognize it in our lives. Proverbs 27 says, anger is cruel, (laughs) wrath is like a flood, but jealousy is even more dangerous. You see, that's not your natural thought. When you see someone go and, when you see someone get like pissed, you're like, ooh, ooh that's bad. you see someone who's jealous and you're like, yeah. But God says, anger is cruel and wrath is like a flood, but jealousy is even more dangerous. Jealousy is even more dangerous. The next day, a tormenting spirit came to Saul. It says, from God. I don't know God had a tormenting spirit. I, I honestly don't even know where to place that. All I know is the Bible's true. <laughs> a tormenting spirit visits him. So, Paul, so Saul opened up the door with jealousy. The, mess, the, the title of my message today is Close the Door. Close the door, guys. Close the door, girls. Close the door. Don't give the devil an inch. Don't give the devil an opportunity. Don't give him an inch of your life, because God has a story that he's writing on your life. And jealousy will try to steal that story. Second thing is jealousy is a distractor. Jealousy is a a distractor. Jealousy makes you fight the wrong battles. Saul was called to lead the people of Israel, and because he was jealous of David, he sent all of his men to go and try to kill David, who is his most most faithful and loyal servant. Jealousy will always make you fight the wrong battles. Jealousy will always make you focus on the wrong things. Jealousy will always tell you what your problem is, and you'll work on that problem, but that problem will never give you the result that you want, or the solution to that problem. You see, jealousy is a liar, and jealousy is a distractor. So the thing you've got to know about King Saul, so if you haven't read it, you can read it in 1 Samuel, uh, I think it's 1 Samuel 9. In 1 Samuel 9, it's where Saul gets what's called called or commissioned to be king of Israel. And so Saul, he, uh, so Saul's basically no one in the, nobody in his city. And and his dad sends him on a mission to find a lost donkey. So he's going to find a lost donkey, um, and he's on this this journey with a donkey. Basically, God speaks to the prophet of that time named Samuel, and he says to Samuel, tomorrow there's a man from this city who's going to come. He's the king that I'm going to point over Israel. And so Saul comes to the city, meets the prophet Samuel, or Samuel the prophet, and the prophet says to to Saul, he says, you are going to be king over Israel, and you are going to lead the armies of Israel to defeat the Philistines. So God, imagine this, like imagine this was you, like you're, you're at your job, you're doing your job, you have your assignment, next thing you know, God literally interrupts you and says, you're going to be mayor, you're going to be the governor of Michigan, or you're going to be the president of the United States of America. God says, though, it's going to happen in the next f- six months, right? And then God places, then that actually comes to pass, and then and now you're in this place of influence and rule. Like, do you understand how of an amazing encounter this is? Do we understand how, like, how provisional and how, how, like, if this happened to any of us, we'd be like, oh my gosh, like, this is incredible. But here's what jealousy does. Jealousy distracts us from what God's done in our life, puts our attention on what God's doing in other people's life. Listen, if you're sitting here, God has done something for you that is undeniably grace-filled, that he has done something in your life. If you are saved, he has, he has literally resurrected your soul, and the devil will always try to get you to be jealous of somebody else's spirituality. Jealousy will say, well, I'm not as spiritual. Jealousy will say, well, I'm not as smart. Jealousy will say, well, I don't know the Bible as much. Well. Jealousy will always say, well, if I only could pray out loud. Jealousy will always say, well, if I only knew this, or if I only did that, or if I only could pray for someone, or if I only saw a miracle. See, jealousy will always get you focused on other people's spirituality and off of God's work in your spirituality. You see, Saul was called. Saul, God had a plan for Saul's life, but jealousy crept in and stole the call. Close the door, guys. Close the door. Tonight, close the door. Make an agreement with God and yourself that you will go on a journey of being a celebrator of people. Go on a journey. So I got... I got four four thoughts four four things to do to close the door okay four things that each of us can do to close the door cuz listen the, for me jealousy is one of the things that i struggle with like the most like, I, it's so easy for me to get my eyes off of what God's done and look at Instagram, look at Facebook, look at YouTube, look at all these things that other people are doing and start to become jealous or envious of what other people are doing. It's so easy for me to do this. And, and, and there's these, 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 these staples or these rhythms that I've set up in my life that I constantly visit to avoid and to protect my heart and to close the door so jealousy, jealousy doesn't open it. Okay, four, uh, four thoughts. First one is get a word and hold on to it. Get a word and hold on to it. Get a mission and hold on to it. Listen, this, is, this goes back to Saul's original call. God had met Saul. God had met Saul in the place of his youth and he called him and made him king, but Saul forgot about it. You see, some of you, God's done a mighty work in your life already. God has restored uh, relationships. He's done a mighty work in your life and in your, in your personal life. And, 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 and your, your job, and God's given you maybe a picture of desires or gifts, or he's given you a, maybe even a picture of what you're supposed to do with your life to serve him. And your job is to journal that, like write it down, And your job is to revisit it. Revisit it. Hold on to 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 it. Your job is to seek God with your whole heart and to agree with what he says about your life, not about what your circumstances and what our circumstances say. Our job is to go back and to revisit that place where God has spoken to us, where we've met God, because there's going to be highs and there's going to be lows. And in those lows, you've got to hold on to that word. You've got to hold on to that word, because jelly will... Je- jelly, jelly... <laughs> Jealousy will try to creep in and to make you start striving and working and doing things that are so uncharacteristic of yourself. But if you'll hold on to what God's done in your life, be thankful. If you'll hold on to that hope, if you'll hold on to that vision, if you'll hold on. I, I just, I literally, because I was prepping, I revisited one of the words that I've gotten. It was from this guy, all the guys in the discipleship program last year. Remember, we had this little, this little Indian guy named Brother Abraham. We had this little Indian guy named Brother Abraham who came to the discipleship program last year and spoke to us. And he prophesied over all of us. And so he prophesied over me, and he and we've recorded it. And I was just listening to it today, and I'm like, "Holy crap! I needed to hear that." He, he was just speak, he doesn't even know me. He was just like, "Boom, boom, boom, boom," and I just took it. And I'm watching the video, and I'm just like, holding on to it, because these, these things, these words, these staples, these truths, these truths of our identity that we have to hold on to because it, it's, it's rooting us in what God's calling us to, and it gets our focus and our attention off of Instagram, YouTube, and all the, what the other churches and people and business people and, and, and our peers are doing, and it's reminding us, yes, God has a plan for my life. God has a plan for my life. I said it earlier, but, but journal. Please, Journal write down things. When someone gives you a word, when you feel like you got a word from God during worship tonight, journal it. Write it down. Get it on your phone. Get it on your notes. I have a Google Drive. I have a Google document that's like all like the encouragement. Like whenever I need encouragement, I have this document that I visit. And I'm like, holy crap. Like Gabe gave me one like th- three and a half years ago, and he just reshared it with me. And I was like, holy crap, I needed to hear that. You know what I mean? Like there's these things that we can revisit and revisit and revisit because it's not about what other people are doing. It's what God's calling us to in the word that he's placed in our heart. And if you don't have, you feel like you don't have that, start today. Write down and be thankful that he saved your unworthy butt. (laughs) Like write down, wow, I should be in hell. God, thank you for sending Jesus. And I will do what I, God, thank you that my mission is to make your name famous. Because that's all of our mission, to make God famous in the earth. Next thing, can, next thing we can do to close that door of jealousy, close that, is face our insecurities. Listen, you don't have to fight your insecurities, but you do have to face them. You don't have to fight them, but you do have to face them. Saul was unwilling to face the insecurities that he felt about being a leader. And because he was unwilling to face the insecurities, it led eventually to his death. And it led to this emotional instability that he constantly lived with. Face the insecurities. One of the best ways that you can do, one of the easiest and most practical ways we can face our insecurities is to be in church. Hear me out, okay? Because once you start coming to church for a while, like, we all start seeing, like, uh, you ever seen, like, you go on Instagram, and you're like, yep, that girl's insecure. (laughs) You ever go on Instagram, you're like, oop, that dude's insecure. Yep, he's flexing. Yep, he's insecure. (laughs) You ever go, and you go on social media, like, oop, we see that. And not that we're pointing out your problems, but we can see. You see, but when you, when you dive and you plant in community, you create a safe place where others can actually help you overcome your insecurities. Because it creates a safe place where you can be insecure and you don't have to hide. And you can have a safe place where now you don't run from your insecurities. You would not embrace them, but you say, God, I have these, but I know you want to heal them. And you're using my brothers and sisters in Christ so that I can overcome them. And you don't have to hide from what you're insecure from, but you can actually face it. And you can have a group of people that see your insecurity, but love you through it. So who in this room can you love? Who in this room can you cover their insecurity tonight? And as you cover their insecurity, can you come alongside of them and say, hey, I've noticed this about you. What's going on here? You see, as you build a relationship and deep connection and love and, and trust with people, we can actually start to overcome insecurities, obviously with the help of the Holy Spirit and Jesus. But community is a huge part of that come to church, be planted, invite someone over to your, like, go out with each other, like, you, I mean, not dating, go out with, you can't date, but go out with each other, like, you know what I mean, like, like, spend time with each other, don't just have uh, a surface level conversations all the time, but like, literally get real with someone that you trust here, get real with someone, and, and if you know your insecurities, don't own them, but like, confess them, and then like, move beyond them, and God will do mighty works in your life. So what, the other way to, to start closing that door of insecurity, closing that door of jealousy, is to face your insecurities. That's, I'll tell you what, that sounds nice. That sucks. Yeah. Like, that sucks. But here's the most, the, 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 the most beautiful part of my marriage. Like, I never would have thought it. The best part of my marriage is that Abby knows every one of my insecurities, but she loves me anyway. She loves me anyway, and that's what the church is supposed to be like, is that we know your insecurities, but we do not hold them against you. But if you won't own your insecurity, you won't move beyond your insecurity. If you won't face it, you can't can't move beyond it. Man, I had so many insecurities about sports, guys. Like, oh my gosh. I'd be like, I would go, like, after a basketball game, I'd go on the internet and be like, how many points did this guy have? how many points did this guy have? Like all the guys on my AAU team, like I'd be like, how many points does this guy have? Like, oh, I hope I had more points. You know what I mean? Like all this like insecurity and, and, and the Lord just totally dealt with me and I was so insecure. Like my little brother was always better at me in basketball. And, like I was so insecure about it and, and it wasn't until later that I was able to overcome that and start celebrating. But I, w- I will say this just on a little note, Instagram's like the worst thing <laughs> when it comes to insecurity because that's the where we hide the most whether, or Snapchat, or wh- whatever, TikTok, whatever you're using right now. Um, apparently, I just found out uh, that people actually use Visco for social media. I didn't know that was a thing, but wherever social media, pl- like, it's such a, not that you, like, lit- I love social media. It's amazing, but just don't use it to hide. <laughs> you know what I mean? Don't use it to find your worth and, 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 and really feel secure. And it's not like an insecurity hunt. Don't, like, go hunting for insecurities, but you'll know. You know what you're dealing with. Like, and just, just be willing to go on a journey with God to where you start trusting other people and you continue to trust God. Because you're on a journey, we're always overcoming insecurities all the time. <laughs> like, like, I hope one day maybe I'm free from most of them. So the, the third thing is celebrate people who are crushing it. Third way to close that door of insecurity, or close that door of jealousy in your heart, close the door, is celebrate people who are crushing it. You're like, oh, like here's here's the the natural mentality is to say, if you're crushing it, I'm not. Like, if, if you got a promotion, I can't get a promotion. If 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 you get good grades, I I must not be able to get good grades. Like if you if you got the job, I can't get the job. Like. There's this like this like polar, like like yes or no type of mentality that we have, and, and that 's just not how God works. like God is the God of eternal life. like there is abundant life available for everyone, like for everyone, abundant life it 's not like yep, you get life, but you, because he got life, you can't get any life. Because he has peace, you can't have any peace. No. Here's how God, God's world works, is that if it happens for someone else, it can happen for you. But here's the problem. It'll never happen for you if you can't celebrate it for them. If we operate in this victim mentality, if we operate in this very low-level, mature mentality, that we are jealous of people who are more mature, more spiritual, more, uh, smarter, stronger, if we take this mentality that, that we can't celebrate anyone who's, who's better than us, then we just limit ourselves. But if we'll celebrate other people who are crushing it, what happens is it actually opens up our heart to be able to actually walk in what God's calling us to like, celebrate other people who are crushing it, find the gold in other people, Saul, like, listen, Saul killed, like, not that it's a good thing that he killed people, but it was like, you know, Saul killed a 1,000, David killed 10,000, like, it's like, yo, Saul, you're an amazing, like, like, what if you, instead of, like, being jealous of David, you went to David and was like, yo, David, like, what's your trick, man, like, can I learn from you, <laughs> you know what I mean, like, instead of being like, I'm gonna kill David, you could like, why don't you learn from him, you can't kill 10, like, you know what I mean? Like, There's this mentality that we can actually have in the kingdom, which is like, I'm not going to be jealous of other people who are farther along than me. I'm actually going to be, I'm actually gonna be as, as well as I can, content with who I am, celebrate what God's doing in them, and take their success as an invitation for me to have success or to me to have growth. Other success is not an indication of our inadequacies, It's an invitation to start crushing it. Others' people's success is not an indication of your inadequacy. It's an invitation to start crushing it along with them. So another way to start closing that door of jealousy is to celebrate others who are crushing it. And let's be real. Like some people, you think they're crushing it; they're not. So, like, just like, <laughs> like, <laughs> especially on social media, like, oh, they're crushing it. And then you meet them, and they're depressed. You're like, okay, this is weird. <laughs> anyway, that was a side note. Last, last point here. Last way. Last thought. on How to close that door of jealousy? Close the door of jealousy in your life, in our lives, is to stay in your lane. Everyone say, stay in your lane. Like, my favorite thing of this is, like, you ever seen Happy Gilmore? Like, like <laughs> who loves Happy Gilmore? Like, the, the best picture that I can think of this, and if you don't, if you haven't seen Happy Gilmore, then, like, I'm, yeah. I don't know if I can actually recommend watching that, but <laughs> great movie. <laughs> that was uh, B.C., let's just say that, no, I'm kidding. Happy Gilmore. So there's like this Happy Gilmore. This, this this hockey player. If you know anything about hockey, it's like punch each other, fight, like you know, check people into walls, and all the fans are crazy, and they throw, uh, is it they throw an octopus at the on the on the rink at, at, in Detroit? Like they're just crazy. And then you have golf. Like golf's the most like 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 gentleman, like shirts tucked in, like <laughs> clap, like. Silence, please. It's like shake hands, take your hat off when you enter the pro shop. Like, and hockey's the, like the least gentleman sport. And then you see so you take Happy Gilmore, and he comes, and the hockey player becomes golfer. It's hilarious. When he fights Bob Barker, oh my gosh, I got to lose it every single time. And then another time when he's like choking his caddy, he's like, <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't, con- I can't promote this movie. It's just so funny, though. Anyway, stay in your lane. Stay in your lane. Stay in your lane. Stay in your lane. Listen, Albert Einstein says it this way. (laughs) Everybody is a genius, but if you judge a fish by its its ability to climb a tree, it will live its whole life believing that it's stupid. Listen, God has a story written for your life. Like, You're looking at your view, like you're looking at your life right now, magnifying glass on your 20-something high teens age group. You're you're looking at a magnifying glass, like a such zoomed in view of your life right now, and you can't see the bigger picture. God sees your bigger picture, and he's saying, listen, if you'll listen to me, I will show you your bigger picture. But if you don't listen to me and you only listen and watch what other people are doing, you'll miss out on the picture I have for you. And if you keep trying to be someone else, you can't be yourself. And I need you to be yourself because there's other people who need to know me. And the only way they'll know me is if you become you. And that only happens if you stay in your lane. Don't judge yourself based on your parents performance based on your parents employment based on your parents income based on your based on your older brothers and sisters success or failure don't cl- uh, don't Box yourself in so much to think that I have to be like someone else. Listen, get a word from God. Get a word from God about what he's calling you to. Get in that lane. Stay in that lane. Rock that lane. Serve people in that lane. And tell people about Jesus all the way along. And you don't worry about what other people are doing or not doing. You get in your lane. Stay in that lane. And glorify God all the more. Listen, we'll never become the people God has called us to be if our eyes are on other people. The only way we become who God's called us to be is getting our eyes on God, getting our ears on God, and getting our obedience on God. Getting that trust in God. And here's something, your lane may be a little bit longer than other people's lane. Other people may be advancing in their careers, advancing in their education, advancing in their relationships. They may be advancing a little bit quicker than you, but guess what? God's got you on a journey. And if you've got your eyes on other people's journey, is not on God, and He that slows down your process. So if you want to expedite this process, get your eyes off the other people that are distracting you from yours. Jealousy is a distractor. It's a distractor, and as we close that door of jealousy by staying in our lane, realizing that God has gifted us, He is Ephesians two ten. We are God's masterpiece created in Christ Jesus to do the works that he prepared in advance for us to do. Like he has an assignment, a mission for each one of our lives. And it it is imperative that we keep our eyes on him and not on others. And here's what every mission, here's what every life includes. (laughs) Generosity. So no matter where you're at, no matter what your lane is, it includes these things. So if you don't know your lane, you need to start doing these things. And as you do these things, you'll discover your lane. Here's what every assignment, every mission includes. Generosity. Serving. Sharing the gospel. (laughs) Every journey includes help from others. Every mission. And every mission has a next step. If you'll get this, guys, it doesn't matter where you're at in life. If you feel like you have direction or don't have direction, this is your next step. Live in this way until God gives you that word, gives you that direction, gives you that, and you start closing that door of jealousy on your life, and God will start to move on your behalf. And I promise you, your emotional health, your spiritual health, and your physical health will start start to come in alignment with God's plan. So I'll just repeat these things four, four ways. Get a word and hold on to it. Face your insecurities. Celebrate people who are crushing it and stay in your lane. Let's pray. Bow your heads. Heavenly Father, we, uh, <laughs> we just thank you, Jesus, for, for being here. God, you know each and every one of our stories. You know each and every one of our lives. You know each and every one of our insecurities and yet you love us anyway. So, Heavenly Father, I pray that with your help, with your help, God, we can start closing the door of jealousy in our life, and we can start to recognize that we have it much better than we ever could have imagined, and that, God, we are not victims. We are not behind. We are not falling behind. We are right where we need to be. God, as we look forward and as we move forward, we choose to put our trust in you. We choose, God, to be uh, be committed to the process of growing So Holy Spirit, I pray that you just keep us and guide us through the week, that we be passionate lovers of Jesus, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, Amen, guys. Thanks, guys.